Welcome to the Stuttgart Missional Community Church Sermon Podcast. SMCC is a multicultural church serving the English-speaking community in Stuttgart, Germany. For more information or to contact us, visit us on the web at smcchurch.net. That's smcchurch.net. If you'd open up your Bibles to the book of Malachi, that's where we're going to be working today. If this is your first time at SMCC, just to bring you a little bit up to speed, we've been going through the Bible together, and we started September a year and a half ago, and uh, we are just now getting to the end of the Old Testament. And uh, though we haven't gone verse by verse, we definitely have gone book by book, and we have, we're chronologically going through the Bible And today is our last day in the Old Testament. Tomorrow we will start in the New Testament, and I'm excited about that. Not that I don't love the Old Testament, not that I don't love the prophets, but I love Jesus. I love uh, hearing about, you know, and the whole Bible is about Jesus. There's no doubt about that. But now we're going to get into the life and ministry of Jesus, and we're going to spend just as much time in the New Testament as we did the Old. And if you look at your Bible right now, you see that there's a lot more Old Testament than New. So we're going to be going through the New just a little bit slower, dissecting it just a little bit deeper, and it's going to be awesome. But I believe also, as we wrap up this week, this message is going to be awesome, and I'm excited about the message entitled, I Surrender Some. Now, it doesn't sound like a message to get excited about, but why I'm excited about it, because I believe it's going to be challenging to us. I believe God is going to speak to us. If you've been in the church any length of time, and you have ever been through a sermon where the pastor focused on Malachi, not a lot do, but if you have, then you understand that today is going to be an uncomfortable message. Somebody say amen. It's going to be a squirmy message for you and for me, because today's message is about tithing and it's about giving. Now, if this is your first time, this is not a church where the pastor talks about giving every single week. This is not an extraction method or anything like that. We are going through the Bible together, and Malachi is almost singularly focused on half-hearted giving and how that applies to tithing. Now, in biblical times, giving and tithing was on, you, you gave animals, you gave chickens and goats and the fruit of your fields. And to the best of my knowledge, Uncle Sam and nobody in here gets paid in goats, chickens, and corn stalks, right? So we get paid in finances. And so we're focusing today on tithing, on giving, and what that means for us in the book of Malachi. There's an old song, and the title of the sermon comes from an old hymn uh, entitled, I Surrender All. And if if maybe you've heard this, and I'm not going to sing it, I'm just going to repeat it, because if I sing it, It'll just turn you off from the whole message. But it says, I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Now, I believe when we sing that song, we mean it. I believe that from our heart, we believe that we're going to serve God with everything. But I think at times it is a more accurate uh, song if we sang it like this. I surrender some, I surrender some, some to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender some. Because there are things in our lives that, though we say we surrender all, there are things in our lives that we still hold on to. And for many of us, though, that one of those things is our finances. Those are, that's our money. I earn that money. I went to school to earn this much money. That's mine. But again, the song is not I surrender some. It's I surrender all. And we don't sing I surrender some, though it might be more accurate because it just doesn't flow off the tongue. Right? I mean, we know that we are to serve Jesus with everything 
we are, that everything we have, every good thing is from God above. We know that. And so that's why we sing the song, I Surrender All. And God has called us as his people to demonstrate our thankfulness for all of his goodness and all of his provision and our trust in him through the blessings uh, and all of his blessings through giving tithes and, and offerings. So this is going to be a, I want to tell you that I take no joy in delivering this message except that it's God's word and I believe that it will help people. But, but it makes me uncomfortable as much as it makes you uncomfortable to hear it, okay? I just want you to know that. This is not easy for me. And I was commenting to Stacy yesterday about how much I'm uncomfortable about preaching about money because people get touchy about money. They get touchy about it. It's a sensitive area. But then I thought, how did Malachi feel when he first delivered this message, right? Or how about the other prophets we've been talking about? I mean, their whole job was basically to stand up in front of their peers and say, hey, this whole following God thing, you kind of stink at it. You know, that was kind of their job, and they were there to help them and help them get on the right path. Now, I'm taking some things for granted today. I'm taking for granted that we are Christians, that our goal in life is to follow Jesus, and that we want to do that as perfectly as possible to the best of our ability, and that we care about what God God's word says about our finances. I'm taking these things for granted. I'm also taking for granted that you were in the service a couple weeks ago when I mentioned that one of the core values of our church is that God's word is our authority for life and conduct. So we care about what God's word says, even as it relates to our giving. So just know, as uncomfortable it is, it is to hear it, it's uncomfortable to preach it as well. But our comfort is not God's primary concern, it's our obedience. Somebody say amen. So though this is a sermon about money, it's more about obedience, it's more about faithfulness, and it's more about our heart. Truth is, money is a big part of the Bible, and God has a lot to say about it. And in Malachi, we see in the Old Testament one of the most clear representations of what tithing is and what it means to God than we see in all of the Bible. So go with me to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I, the Lord, do not change, therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. For the days of your fathers, you have turned, turned aside from my statues and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and your contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me. The whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and there Thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. How many of you want a blessing until there is no more need? Amen. I will rebuke the devourer for you so, there will not, so it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed. And you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So today I frame my message around a series of questions. Questions about tithing, questions about giving. And again, Malachi is not specifically about dollars and cents, shekels. It's about half-hearted giving. People were bringing offerings when they were required to bring animals. They were required to bring healthy, strong valuable animals. Why? Because it was supposed to be a sacrifice. You didn't bring your lame animal. You didn't bring your blind animal. You didn't bring your animal that was no good to eat. You didn't bring those kind of animals. 
But we see that in Malachi in the first couple of chapters, this is addressed. But obviously for our context, that doesn't quite fit. What we're talking about this morning is tithes and offerings. And what does the word tithe mean? What are tithes and offerings? Well, literally the word tithe means a tenth part. A tenth. I don't get too much into original language that much because I just don't think many people care about it. The original language, the Bible translators are pretty good. And it turns out tenth means, guess what? Tenth. That's what it means, a tenth part. Even in the original language, this is what I'm talking about. And tithing is an external manifestation of an inward understanding that everything we have belongs to God. Everything. Acts 17, 28 says this, in him we live and move and have our being. Everything is about God. Everything is about our relationship with the Lord. And throughout scripture, from the beginning to the end, tithing is simply a baseline of giving. It is the minimum. Tithing is the minimum. We know it's a tenth and we know it's a baseline for giving. In addition to the tithes, the Israelites were required to bring various offerings to the Lord, if you remember. We've talked about this in the Old Testament. Sacrificial offerings, ritual offerings, ceremonial offerings. In addition, they were required to bring free will offerings. We're talking about a lot of offerings. I remember in the Old Testament, maybe you do too, when they were getting ready to build the tabernacle, Moses said, bring in an offering that the tabernacle tabernacle may be built and the response of the congregation or the people was overwhelming so much was brought in Moses had to tell them to stop and maybe I focus on this story because as a pastor maybe I dream of the day one time when we're going to receive a special offering and I'm going to have to say stop we have too much there's enough brought in it's never happened yet but maybe one day that will happen In Malachi, we see God's attitude towards people who refuse to tithe. And sometimes I think we're asking the wrong questions. Instead of asking, what is the tithe? How much should I give? We should maybe ask the question, what does God say about those who don't tithe? And this is what he says in Malachi 8 and 9. Maybe you missed it, so I'll repeat it. Will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? You say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and contributions, you were cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Not tithing, God is saying, is like stealing from him. But for those who are living in a transformed way, you understand that everything you have is from God. He has required the 10% be returned as an act of faithfulness, and a way to keep us humble and acknowledge that everything comes from him. And when we refuse to, it's his. Let me tell you something. Whether you, ref- you give it or you don't, it's still his. It's still his. And if you're hoarding it up, it's like hoarding up stolen diamonds. You've taken something, not just from someone, from the Lord, and you're keeping it in a bank for you. It's his. But the Bible says you are robbing God. So that's what tithes and offerings are. The tenth is his. All of it is his. He's asked that we return it to him, the tenth, as a form of worship. That's why we receive the tithes and offerings. Does it always fit? I mean, are we in the spirit when we're worshiping? Yes, but should we be less in the spirit when we receive the offering? No. It's worship. It's acknowledgement. We might raise our hands, but when we open our wallets, it's the same. 
We're worshiping God. We're saying, God, you provided everything in this wallet. You gave us everything. My education, my, my position in life, my children, my home, my career, it's all from you. I thank you for it, God, and it is my privilege to steward these finances well. That's what you're saying when you give. That's why giving is a joy. That's why our ushers don't stand over you and shake you down. You should give because you want to. Now, we do have some intimidating ushers, that's for sure. But you should give because you want to. So that leads us into our next question. How and why should we give? We must remember that, and I'm going to say this. This is a recurring theme through the message. Everything belongs to the Lord. And he is letting us use it for our blessing and for his glory. God wants you to be blessed. There's two kinds of worship of money. I want more, and I'm going to live in poverty as a, as a way to testify to the world that, that I'm this humble. That's also a misuse of money. God, it's it, our, us, you know, us living as poorer under our means is not necessarily lead to our holiness is what I'm trying to get at, right? That God gives you all things. And those things, some of those things are meant for your blessing. They're also meant to bless others, Right? We must decide in our hearts to serve God and not money. What should be our position as a Christian uh, in, in regards to money? It should not have dominion over us one way or the other. If we're poor, our, the answer to all of the, our problems in our poverty is not more money. It is God. It is our relationship with God. God is the answer. Now, do we need food? Do we need to take care of? Do we, need to, do we have physical needs? Absolutely. And should Christians be involved in meeting others' physical needs? 100%. We should be involved in that. But we also must be sharing the gospel. We must be sharing with people that God is the provider and worshiping him is a great, is the place to start in getting out of poverty. The Bible says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where there where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, giving comes from a place of a true desire to support God's purposes on earth and advance his kingdom. The mission of God, the mission of our church, is to preach the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit to all the nations of the earth. It's a lofty goal, it's a lofty vision, and it cannot be accomplished without resources and funding. And we give in order that the mission of God might be funded. Our giving should also be always in relation to our income. Whether that amount is small or large, it's the same. It's a tenth of our income. Tithing is not taxation. Somebody say amen. It's not taxation. It's not taken from us. We are voluntary participants in it. But there are no loopholes. There are no end runs. There are no offshore accounts. Right? All of your income, a tenth, is to be tithed. The tax code is so complicated. Right? I mean, it's insane. You can't hardly navigate it. But tithing, not complicated. It's a tenth. Our giving should also be voluntary and generous, <laughs> says the pastor who's preaching a message on giving, right? I mean, it should be voluntary. We should want to participate in what God is doing. We must understand that this is his method to fund the work of the kingdom on earth. We should not hesitate to give sacrificially. Why? Because when we give sacrificially, it 
mirrors the heart and spirit of Jesus who gave himself so sacrificially for each and every one of us. Giving should cost us something. Right? Maybe tithing doesn't feel like it costs you anything. Maybe the 10%, you're like, 10%, no problem. No problem. I am ch- I'm challenging, give until you feel it. Give until maybe y- you have to go without something. God forbid you have to go out without something so that somebody else can have something. Our giving should be cheerful and free from compulsion. Again, I may, I'm, I'm trying to laugh and smile because I, I want the mood to be a little bit lighter. Maybe I just want to be more comfortable. I don't know. But in truth, we should, I, I tell you, it's, it's easy for me to give cheerfully because I remember when it was hard to give. I remember when it, when it was a challenge to give and when I had almost nothing. I mean, and, and God has just given me so much, none of which I deserve. And giving is just, and all that I've received from God, every good thing is from God. My wife, my, my home, my church, my friends, all from God. I don't deserve one bit of it. Another thing, another reason we should give is because God has promised to reward us according to how we have given to him. Now, this is a dangerous verse, and people have surely misused it. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And why do I say it's a dangerous verse? Because it's been misused. The, the, the teaching of seed time and harvest, as it's referred to, is, is a very biblical concept. However, it doesn't mean I sow 10,000 and I get a Bentley. It doesn't mean that I do the bare minimum and I should expect X amount return. It's not an investment strategy. But we know that when we follow God in obedience and faithfulness, that we are under the shadow of his protection. We are under his wing, and we shall get our strength and our provision from him. Amen. We know that he will take care of us. So now we come to the question, are Christians obligated to tithe? Maybe you're thinking to yourself, Pastor Matt, that's great. That's Old Testament. That's old school thinking. Well, let me just enlighten you to a couple things. Number one, tithing predates the law. So to look at tithing and say, well, that's just Levitical law. That's just something Moses laid down for the Israelites in that time, and tithing is actually fulfilled. That's not true. Now, the sacrificial offering is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, but there is no indication throughout the New Testament that the practice of tithing has ever been done away with. And Abraham, way back in Genesis 14, he tithed to Melchizedek. Right? He tithed. He gave him a tenth of everything. And let me tell you, Abraham, giving a tenth of everything, he was wealthy. And he gave a tenth of everything, and he started the practice of tithing. Now, do we do see it in Leviticus as well, where it says, Every tithe of the land, whether seed, or la- uh, seed of the land or fruit of the tree, is the Lord's and holy to the Lord. And every tithe of the herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that passes under the herdsman's staff, is, shall be holy to the Lord. We see that in the Levitical law. And in Malachi, we see that this applies not just to animals or fruit or seed, but to all income and increase. In your tithes and your offerings, you are robbing me, God says. And though Jesus talks about money quite often, he never really directly says, addresses tithing, right? He never says it's, I'm getting rid of it. He never says it's continuing, but he, he doesn't do either, so we can we can infer from that that the practice of tithing is to continue. Also, 
Jesus, the only giving, he never, as people are bringing tithes, he never says, stop doing that. Actually, what form of giving does God, does Jesus correct? Deceitful giving and half-hearted giving. These are the two kinds of giving that Jesus directly contradicts. It's from the heart. It's a matter of the heart. And we, we get all caught up in thinking it's, you know, it's about the church, and it's about that greedy pastor, and it's about this, and it's about that. It's a, now, if you're saying that, if you think it's all about the pastor, and that's what I'm up here talking about, you are also kind of saying that this teaching from Malachi is invalid, that the entire Bible essentially is a Ponzi scheme designed to separate you from money. Is that really what you think the heart of God is and you're giving? I don't think so. I don't think it's a Ponzi scheme. I don't even think God needs your money. I believe that tithing is a practice and a discipline that's for our benefit. All things work together for good for those who love and serve the Lord, right? Why, where do we tithe? Where do we tithe? Your tithe should go to the local church, to the local church. The Bible says in Malachi, bring the full tithe into the storehouse and there may be food in my house. The New Testament also refers to this. The tithe belongs to the local church. Now, there's been times in our history as a church that people have been really transformed here. And it's any pastor, you're just so glad about that. You rejoice with the Lord in knowing that people have had a transformative, transformative experience here. And because of that, when they go to their next duty station, they continue to pay tithes here. On more than one occasion, I have had to contact those people and tell them, stop paying your tithes to SMCC. Where are you going to church? I'm not going anywhere. Go to church. Pay tithes where you're at. Okay? Pay tithes where you're at. I'm not, uh, that's, I just, because I believe the word, right? That's why I do that. Is it easier for me to keep receiving the tithes, our church? Yeah, yeah, that's easier. But the tithe belongs to the local church. God does not leave it up to your discretion to decide where your tithe goes. It's not up to you to decide, well, I'm going to give half my tithe here and half there, or half my tithe is my volunteer work at the church, and my other half of the tithe is my 5%. God doesn't leave it up to you to decide that, just like so many other things in the Bible. It's pretty cut and dry. The tithe is a tenth. It goes to the local church. If all Christians did their part in supporting the local church with the tithe, our churches, not just our church, our churches would not lack anything they needed to accomplish God's will. Amen. Seriously, most churches, including our own, you have about 20% of the church paying full tithe. 20%. Can you imagine? We support 30-some missionaries. We gave 10,000 to missions last year. Can you imagine what we could do with the 100% tithe? If everybody tithed, not 100% of your income. 100% participation in just being obedient. Tithing is and has been God's plan for funding the mission of God to the entire world. I mean, the things that were brought up in the, in the state of the church were like, you know, can we, you know, what about your salary, Pastor Matt? And what about getting help? I mean, do you know the kind of help we could have if we had the tithe? A lot of help, right? We could have a lot of help. A lot of things could happen, not just here, but around the world. I believe we would support 90 missionaries. Believe me, it's not, it's not a lack of need. It's not a lack of need. It's just a lack of resources. So some other questions that I often get about tithing after a message like this. I think the Bible's clear, and if it's not clear enough, then I encourage you to study it yourself. Because this is a question that I don't think can be left un unanswered in the Christian life. This is a primary spiritual discipline, the discipline of giving. 
And every Christian should come to an understanding of what God's word says about it. Now, I could stand up here all day, and, and, and as soon as I decided to talk about money, the walls went up. I know this. I know this it, because I've been doing it so long. I've been doing it so long. I want you to know I am up here for your benefit. I am preaching God's word because I love you. I could have skipped Malachi and gone straight to Matthew. It would have been a lot easier for you and for me. But I believe that there is blessing and obedience, and I want you to be blessed. Not, I don't want you to move forward in ignorance, not knowing God's word. Today there will be no excuse. You will know God's word and what it says about giving. Okay, But I also don't want you to justify not giving. But take inventory of your giving. And so some other questions I often get now, these are questions that contextualize the message of Matthew and the practice of tithing into our current circumstances. They are not biblical answers. These are answers I give to commonly asked questions. So the first one is this. Should I tithe on my income before taxes or after? Again, contextualizing, my answer to this question is before taxes. You should tithe before taxes. That said, I tithe before taxes, okay? But I do not tithe. I do not feel an obligation to tithe on my tax refund, okay? Because I've already tithed on that money. The government's just taken it. They've held it. They've gained interest on it. They've robbed me. But then I get some of it back, <laughs> and I've already paid tithes on that money, okay? So do, do, if I give an offering out of that money, it's a free will offering, okay? Again, these are my answers to common questions. Are there stark, clear, biblical answers on these things? Well, the first few questions, I think the Bible is clear. It is the first fruits of our income. It was the best of the herd. It was the best of the grain. It was the best of the land. And our best is our pre-tax income. Whether or not the government takes some of it before you actually see it does not negate that it is your income. I encourage you to vote, right? And do not vote socialist, right? I mean, because you're just giving more away. I don't want to get political, but, it, you know. Should you pay tithe? Now, see, this is, it's going to, I'm, I'm poking you now, okay? I'm poking you. Should I tithe on COLA and BAS? This is another question that often comes up, especially in our context. If you're not military today, COLA is a cost of living allowance, and BAS is basic allowance for sustenance or food allowance that military members get. It is part of their salary. Both of these are part of their salary, and as such, both should be included in the tithe. Okay? This is my answer to the question. Poke, poke, okay? So if you were going to ask this, this would be my answer. Maybe some of you don't even want to ask. That's probably the case. <laughs> Should I tithe on my housing allowance? <laughs> you guys, please, I love you. I love you. I say maybe, all right, maybe. I believe this is a matter of conscience. If you are here as a military member, you came on orders, you're not here because you want to, you're on a vacation. You're here serving your country. The government has a responsibility to house you. That said, if you're under the conviction of your conscience that says you should tithe on it, then that's what you should do. But for me, it's a maybe. I can't give a definitive answer on that. What about teachers and contractors, though? People who took jobs over here that are pretty much more lucrative than in the States, and that's why they came, and that's why they're here. And you get a housing allowance that's a flat rate. Should you tithe on that? Most likely, yes, 
right? Most likely, yes. These are questions that maybe, you're, maybe I don't need to give you answers on, and I'm hesitant to do so, but these are questions that you should be asking. Do you agree with that? You should be looking at whether or not you should be doing this. I hope everybody agrees with that. Maybe you don't receive my answers, but this is how I would answer if you asked me. What about do pastors tithe, or do they just stand up there and ask us to tithe? Number one, I'm going to be completely transparent with you. Yes, pastors tithe. God commands that all people give and tithe, and Stacy and I practice tithes, and we tax on our pre-tax income. We pay tithes on our housing. We pay tithes on the parsonage and gifts that are given to us. We don't pay tithes on our car, which is not ours. It's provided to us, but it's never ours. It's not it's not ours to sell. It wasn't ours to buy. So we don't pay it on the car. But everything else, we pay tithes. We practice what we preach is kind of what I'm getting at. I'm, I, I, I would not, it's not my makeup to stand up here and ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Every time we receive a special offering, Stacy and I look at how we can give sacrificially to that offering. Sometimes I've shared with the amount we give. Sometimes I haven't. But and if I do share it, it's not a matter of pride or bragging. It's a matter of challenge. You know, it's a matter of this is what I'm doing. Let's all do it together kind of thing. But yes, of course, pastors ought to practice tithing. Any pastor who doesn't, I would go to another church. That's what I would do if it was me. Right? He says, well, I don't have to tithe because I'm a Levitical priest. No, you're not. No, you're not. Is tithing a matter between you and God? And we hear this all the time. Pastor Matt, my giving's between me and God. Is that true? Yes, that's true. We found common ground here, people. That is between you and God. However, that is not an excuse for the cheapskate. That is something that should put the fear of God in our hearts. Because when you say giving is between me and God, that means that you acknowledge that one day you're going to have to give account for how you handled your money. And that's the truth. So it is between you and God. I can preach all day long. I can't make you give. But one day you will meet God. And though the Christian may not face judgment between heaven and hell, because we have already confessed our guilt, received grace from Jesus Christ, and entrance into heaven through our book, our name being written in the book of life, we will be saved. That's already settled in heaven. But we will, each believer, give account for how we handled the resources and the talents that God has put in our hands, and that includes our money. So yes, your giving is between you and God, but instead of an excuse for the cheap, that is a creed for the Christian to say, one day I'm going to have to answer for how I spent my money. That said, when you give your tithe, this is how I rate giving, okay? The tithe, the Bible says it is the baseline. It is the C. If we were giving grades on giving and you tithe, you get a C. You're doing the average that's what you should, the bare minimum you should be doing is 10% of all your income. Free will offerings, giving to missions, that's what increases that grade. That's what, that's where, that's how we grow in giving. Where should we start? Tithing. How can we grow? Free will offerings, giving to missions, taking care of people in our community in need, helping the marginalized. That's how we can move forward in our giving. God will hold us accountable for how we do it. He'll hold you accountable for giving it, and he'll hold us, the leadership of our church, accountable for how we steward it as well, right? The tithe, just because you pay tithes does not give you membership in our church, right? You may pay, you get no special treatment because you're a tither, 
There's no special group. I don't have a group of tithers, and they call me, and I'm like, oh, he's a tither. I need to pay attention to what he's saying. I don't care. That's your business. That's your business paying tithes. And it also doesn't give you a special say in how the leadership spends the money. Right? You have to answer for how you handle God's money. We, I have to answer how I handle my money, and I have to answer to God one day on how I handle the church's money. And believe me, that's enough for me to handle it well, to the best of my ability. Do I mess up sometimes? Probably. But I do my very best to know that one day I'll have to give account, not just for your souls, but for how the God, I handle God's money given to the church. That's a real thing that weighs upon my heart. Lastly, of the great, the many questions I get, are offerings commanded? Are offerings commanded? No. Offerings are free will. When we receive a free will offering, it's a free will offering. But I do believe, and, I, and Scripture tells us in Acts chapter 2, that generosity is, the part of the normal, is part of the normal Christian life. That, that it's, generosity is something that flows from the heart, and it was part, when needs were presented to the body, they were met. Just like instantly, right? There was no need among them, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and so on, that there was no need in the body of Christ. It doesn't say there was no need in the world, church. But the church was first and foremost committed to one another and taking care of needs. Now, the need, the, that, that generosity extended outside the church as well, but it was firstly inside the church and then outward. Generosity was part of the normal Christian life. So, as I conclude this super uncomfortable message about tithing and giving, my intention today is not to extract anything from you. It's not to... to put some burden on you uh, or standard in, the, in order that my income might increase. My total motivation for today's message is your blessing. I, I, please hear my heart. Your blessing. I believe that your blessing lies in your obedience to what you confess freely. Jesus is Lord and Savior. We receive communion. Jesus, you are Lord and Savior. We give tithes and offerings. Jesus, you are Lord and Savior. We serve one another. We love one another. Jesus, you are Lord and Savior. Giving is a part of worship. It's part of acknowledgement of who God is and everything he's given to us. It is part of the normal Christian life. And you might be thinking to yourself, I am convicted. My giving is not what it ought to be, but I'm not sure I can do the 10%. I think of all the things that I thought I would never do before I became a Christian. I never thought I would live in Germany and pastor some church in Germany. I never thought that would happen. The truth is God operates on a whole nother level than we do. And he can do a lot more with your income than you can ever do with it. He can do a lot more with the 90% after you've tithed than you could ever do with the 100%. You've probably heard that before. Why? Because it's so very, very true. If we honor God... And we, you know, we've gone through the entire Old Testament. We have seen God's people live in disobedience. What happens? Not blessing. Just not blessing, right? What happens in obedience? Blessing. How many times we judge the Israelites. Look how stupid they were. They walked through the desert. They disobeyed, disobeyed. We, aren't we the same? We know what the truth is, but it takes faith to live by the truth. And do we really believe it if we don't practice it? That's what we really got to ask ourselves. And so what's the goal today? What do I hope you take away? What's the big idea? The big idea is this, that God still 
funds the church through the tithes and offerings of the individual. And that each one of us, my hope, my prayer this week is that you would go home, you'd look at your budget and you look at your finances and you'd decide, am I honoring God with my income or am I not? Is the Bible a Ponzi scheme designed to separate me from my money or is the word of God true and I ought to be paying my tithes? Is my tithe 10%? Then deal with those little questions. Should I tithe on my BAS and all of that? But there's no doubt in our minds, in my mind, that every one of us should be paying tithe on our base salary, right? And I think it's a pretty compelling argument for the others. Again, it's not to separate you. It's to allow you to live in blessing. And today, no matter what you decide, you can't say, I didn't know. I didn't know. I never heard this before. It's uncomfortable. And, and uh, maybe if my income did depend on you, I wouldn't preach it. But it doesn't at all. So I have no problem preaching some hard things. And this is one of those things. It's uncomfortable. It's squirmy. You can look me in the eye after. It's not going to be like an Amway salesman or something. You can look at me. <laughs> I love you. I preach the message because I love you. I really do. And so, and if you're, this is your first time here, this is not the normal message that you hear from the pulpit, right? This is, this is and, and, and the people here will tell you that, that we're just trying to get through the word together and there's just no getting around the tough stuff sometimes, <laughs> including this one. And I want to tell you, Stacey and I looked at our budget. We looked at our budget. Where, where are we? Are we missing God in our giving? Is there ways we can increase? Uh, are we, are we paying the full tithe? And we are, uh, but we, we, we should be taking inventory of that. Amen. Thank you for listening to the SMCC Sermon Podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at smcchurch.net. That's smcchurch.net.